story. Lessons from the Bible. Uh, over the last several weeks, we've looked at a number of things regarding God's Word. Uh, we've talked about listening to right voices, uh, real love a few weeks ago, uh, God's protection and deliverance. Uh, and then last week, we talked about living gratefully. Uh, today, uh, we're going to see what God's Word has to say about real forgiveness. Real forgiveness and how you can experience it. So whether you're here with us in the worship center or watching online uh, today, I think this is going to be a message that you can apply, you can use uh, probably uh, the minute you leave here, okay, or maybe even before. Um, okay, let's, let's start by, you know, kind of defining forgiveness, okay? Uh, what, would, what would you say, what are some words that would define? Unmerited favor. What does it mean to forgive somebody? Like what? What? What happens? Release. Good. You you let go. You let go of wanting to get even. Okay. Yeah. Those are those are great, right? I mean, we 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 stop feeling angry, right? Or stop feeling resentful towards someone for some offense or mistake that that they made. Uh, other definitions are pardon. Okay. And then, of course, there's the financial side, which is to, like, grant relief from a debt. It's kind of interesting. When we talk about forgiveness in Scripture, it kind of fits both those. Okay? So here's the other question I have for you. Why is forgiveness so hard? Because you have to humble yourself. Yeah, and that can be hard sometimes, can't it? You remember what's being done to you. It's hard to forgive because you still remember what God done to you. Yeah, I mean, look, let's let's not kid ourselves. Forgiveness is hard. Okay? I mean, if it wasn't hard, then it wouldn't be talked about so much in scripture. You know, anything that gets talked about a whole lot in scripture are usually things that are issues for people. That's why the scripture talks so much about money. God knew that was going to be an issue for people. No, do you see what I'm saying? I mean, it's something that's mentioned in scripture a lot. There's a reason it's in there a lot. It's because we need a lot of help with that. We need a lot of teaching. We need a lot of God's wisdom in that. And, and for sure, forgiveness is one of them. So to help us take a step ahead and understand what God's word has got to say about forgiveness, let's read today's uh, scripture reading, okay? And that's going to be found in Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 21. So Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 21. Uh, give everybody a chance to turn to it. The verses will be on the, on the screen if you want to follow that way. I'm going to be reading from the NIV. Um, a lot of people know this. Uh, this is one of Jesus's parables. It's called the parable of the unmerciful servant, Okay. Uh, so it starts in verse 21. So Peter came to Jesus and he asked, he said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus said, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he begins settlement, 
a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that same servant went out, one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins, he grabbed him, he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and he begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged, and they went and told their master everything that had happened. So the master called the servant back in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all that he owed. Now, that's a pretty strong story. We, uh, we find in those first few verses, Peter's asking Jesus about how many times he should forgive somebody. Um, now, it's kind of interesting to me when, when we read that, because uh, if, you, if you read in different commentaries and things, the rabbis, the rabbis taught that you should forgive someone three times for the, for the same thing, you know, for what if they, that up to three times, okay, for the same offense. So, so interestingly enough, now, so Peter, you know, always wanting to go big or go home, right? Peter, I think was thinking he was being pretty generous and pretty mature here because instead of, you know, saying, now the rabbis say three times, because he would have known that, okay, uh, he says, uh, well, Jesus, I'm being generous here. So how about seven times? And so I think Peter's probably feeling pretty proud of himself, okay? Uh, but I doubt he was prepared, for, prepared to hear Jesus' response, right? Because Jesus says 77 times. Now, some translations, and some people want to translate that as 70 times 7, so 490 times. Here's the thing. The, the exact number really doesn't matter, does it? Okay, the, the, the calculation isn't that really important. The point was, Jesus is saying, you need to forgive people so many times. It's like you're not even keeping score. Okay, the number, it's a big number. It's a number that we're not even going to count because you just need to forgive people that many times. That many times. Let's say it a little differently. You need to forgive them as many times as you need to forgive them. Okay, just forgive them as many times as you need to forgive them. Now, verse 23 goes on. So Jesus teaches a lot of times by telling a parable. Because it's stories. And, and these parables, let's remember, are things that people in that time, in that culture, would have understood. That's the reason he used them. Okay? So he talks about a king who wanted to settle up accounts with everybody who owes him money. And so to illustrate the point, 
he tells us about a man who owed the king, it said, 10,000 talents. And so, okay, 10,000 talents. Now, do you guys know how much money that is? It's a lot. Okay, 10,000 talents. One talent would have been equal to about 20 years wages for a day laborer. That would be one talent, 20 years wages. This guy owed the king millions of dollars. And in fact, some people even think because it was, I mean, this was a servant. How would the king loan someone that much money to pay it back? A lot of people think, and you can make your own decision, that in fact this is a bigger deal than even a lot of times we've uh, kind of learned this in Sunday school. Okay, Some people think the only way that guy got that much money from the king was by stealing it. Well, but it makes a lot of sense. Why would a king loan a servant millions of dollars? He wasn't, he wasn't a banker. He wasn't an investment guy. He, you know, okay? He wasn't a land developer. You know, I mean, it, it, there was, he, he, he was a servant. So there's a pretty good chance. I actually think that makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, this is a guy that owes the king, but, I mean, he owes him for, like, stealing from him, not just the money. Okay? So... The king, the king says, I want to be repaid. This man says, uh, please be patient with me and I'll pay it all back. Are you kidding? <laughs> I mean, do you understand how, how absolutely impossible that was? It wasn't going to happen. So what we can only read that as is when he says, please be patient and I'll pay back everything, this is just the desperate plea of a guy who knows he's really in trouble. Now, here's what's amazing about that whole account. The king took pity on him and forgave him. I mean, really? That's an, think of the magnitude. First of all, if he really had stolen from him, he had to forgive him not only for being a crook, he had to forgive him for the debt and realize he wasn't going to get it back. It was an unimaginable amount of forgiveness. An, 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 a beyond counting. Whether it's 77 or 490, do you understand? This is, a, this, is a big, this is big forgiveness. So wouldn't you think that that guy who has just been forgiven an unimaginable debt would be a guy who would think, man, I can... I'll forgive anybody, anything that coming. What, what am I going to hold over somebody? I've just been given my life, right? I've just been given my life back, all right? Yet, in those next few verses, in verses 28 to 30, when the guy leaves the king, he confronts a guy who owes him, it says, a, a, a hundred denarii, okay? Now, that's like about three or four months of wages for a day laborer. So, it's not nothing. I mean, it's not trivial, but in comparison to what, you know, at least what this guy owed him, we would call that a manageable debt, right? I mean, you could imagine how a guy could pay you back for three to four months worth of, of, of indebtedness, okay? 
But yet, then this guy drops on his knees and says, please be patient, please forgive me, I'll pay. He, he says exactly the same words that this other guy had said to the king, except in this case, the guy grabs him and chokes him and demands payment. And then it says, when the others around who had witnessed both events saw this, they were shocked. They were, they were amazed. And it says that they go and tell the king everything that happened. And, and when they, the way it's described, the, the full translation is, they gave it to him. They told him about it in great detail. <laughs> Don't you imagine? <laughs> in great detail. So the king calls this first guy back in, reminds him that he, the king, had not exercised his rights to demand payment, but in fact had forgiven him, and he wants to know why this guy, who had just been shown an incredible amount of compassion and forgiveness, would be so unwilling to show it to someone else. To someone else. And so in fact then he says, okay, we'll just put you in prison. Because you're unwilling to show that level of forgiveness. All right, so now, pretty strong story. Let's talk about what that's really all about, okay, and what it can mean to us. Well, someone said this earlier, and it's a big thing to understand. We need to, first of all, understand when we want to talk about what forgiveness is really all about, that the very first thing is that forgiveness means release. Forgiveness means release. To forgive means to choose someone that you've been holding in debt, holding in resentment or in bitterness, and releasing him or her from that debt, resentment, bitterness. Releasing them. Let's be clear when we talk about forgiveness, because some people have been hurt very badly by people. Forgiving someone is not saying that what they did to you was okay. It's not saying what they did was okay. Because it wasn't okay. Because it wasn't. But... It's just you choosing, choosing to release them from that future obligation toward you. This is a really, this word of release and that it's a choice is really, let me give you a couple examples that clarify it, I think, even more fully, okay? Um, uh, in Matthew 4.20, okay, in Matthew 4.20, when Jesus called Peter and Andrew to follow him as disciples. Remember they were fishermen? Okay, Matthew 4.20, it says that at once they left their nets and they followed him. That left their net, the left was released. They released their nets. Those guys didn't forget their nets. They didn't forget them, okay? They, they chose to release them. They chose to leave them behind and, and go forward. Also, in Matthew 27, 50, we, Jesus' last moments on the cross, when it says, and Jesus, when he had cried out in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. The word there is actually Jesus released. His spirit. Jesus died by choice. 
He, he, he chose, remember we talked about that last week, the, the, the centurion that was watching was amazed because he'd never seen anyone die like that because no, th- this guy, Jesus died under control. He, he gave it up. He released it. Look, as followers of Jesus, we've been forgiven. We've been released by God. Released by God. And as a result, in the same way, we are called to release others. We're called to release others. Release that forgiveness, it's a choice. And it's a choice that you can choose to make. Because until you take that first step in forgiving others, nothing gets better. Nothing gets better. The best example I've ever heard used about this, it's like walking around with a wound that won't heal. And you don't understand why the wound won't heal, but the fact is it won't heal because the knife is still in the wound. You're walking around with a knife, a wound in, with a knife in it, and you're wondering why it won't heal. Look, release is the equivalent of removing the knife. It allows the healing process to begin. The other thing we need to understand about forgiveness is that it is a decision as well as a process. You can choose to release, to forgive someone, even if it takes your feelings a while to catch up. In fact, that'll normally be the case. Right? Anybody, can anybody agree with that? Yeah, look, sometimes what we have to do is we, we choose to forgive someone. We choose to release them. And, and amazingly enough, over time, our feelings catch up. But until we make that choice, we never start that process. That healing process doesn't begin. Look, um, as you do, this, there's an amazing thing God does, too, in our lives. As when we do release someone, when, when we make that choice, we start to change, too, because we're healing. And you know what will happen? We'll start to see that other person differently. Over time, maybe not instantly, but over time. We'll, once we let go of that injury, that damage, that, that hurt that they caused in our lives, it's amazing. But I guarantee you there, there are true accounts that could be told. People start to see that other person differently. They start to see them more for who they can be, who God intended them to be and not who they currently are. Because God starts to show you the potential in their lives. But only after you release them from that bond of indebtedness, that, that, that unforgiveness. Look, again, once again, forgiving, forgiving people does not mean you instantly stop hurting emotionally. Okay? But it does allow it, that healing to begin. Okay, so now let's, let's get really practical, okay? And let's talk about, so how does forgiveness work? Right, I mean, we talk about it, it's a great idea, okay? But then it kind of gets down to the nuts and bolts about, like, 
All right, how do we do it? So what are some thoughts you guys would have? How, how does forgiveness work? What, would, what are some things you would say? I'm sorry, yeah. I mean, it's a, it, you start, with, right? It starts like that. You know, we said a few minutes ago, and this is a good point to go back to for a second, okay? Forgiveness is not something that soft-hearted or weak-kneed people do because it's easier to do. There's this idea, right, that, oh, they just, somebody's forgiving. Well, you know, they're just not tough. They just had to, you know, like, bow down and, and forgive uh, because it's easier. I got to tell you, that's not true. One of the hardest things you ever do is forgive somebody. Okay? In fact, I would tell you that's one of the gutsiest things you'll ever do in life. Okay? It's not for the faint-hearted, but I'll tell you what it is. It is one of the true marks of a man or woman of God. So, let's just take a minute and let's look at forgiveness from both sides of the issue. Okay? So, in the situation where you are the one seeking forgiveness, you're the one that needs to be forgiven. Okay? Well, Psalm 32, verses 1 to 5, says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through all my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. In our relationship with God, to be forgiven uh, is to be blessed beyond measure. It's to be blessed beyond measure. To know that God does not want to be separated from us. He doesn't want to be separated from us. And it's because of our sinful past. So when we become followers of Jesus, aren't you thankful your record is wiped clean? I mean, really, aren't you thankful your record is wiped clean? It's placed under the blood of Jesus. Our sins, our debt is forgiven. We're released from further obligation. I just want you to notice the progression of that of that psalm when it said it, it said that my bones wasted away my strength was sapped think about it that's a person that's getting eaten up on the inside that's just getting eaten up on the inside you know guilt will do that to a person so if you need forgiveness you need to ask for it because as long as you're carrying that guilt of what you've done with you you will literally physically start to suffer and you will be eaten up on the inside because that, that lack of confession is something we were never intended to carry. So step one is seeking forgiveness. Look, confess your wrongdoing. Confess what you did. Go tell the person that you've wronged them. I don't know about you guys, There's really just nothing like a flat-out, heartfelt 
apology. There's just nothing else like it. Not an apology that's full of, you know, like I'm, I'm only doing this because I want to get away with, you know. You know, an apology is not, I'm sorry, I feel bad. Right? <laughs> a time or two in life, right? But a heartfelt apology. I'm sorry I said, I'm, I'm sorry I did or I didn't do. I know that my actions hurt you. I apologize. Please forgive me. Look, let's be clear on this. If you've hurt or offended someone, you may well suffer both physical and mental health consequences until you take that first step and you go apologize. Okay? Now look, you can't make the other person forgive you. Because remember, we just meant forgiveness is a choice. It's a it's a release that only they can give you, okay? But you can do the part that's in your control. And you can go and you can take that first step and apologize. Okay, on the other hand, if you're the person who is being asked to forgive, you're being asked, someone's asking you to forgive. Well, Colossians 3, verse 13, says, Bear with one another and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. There's a couple of things in that verse that I want us to really focus in on. Okay? First of all, I always read that verse and kind of, I don't know, that first phrase, I just, I don't know, I never paid any attention to it, that bear with one another. And I kind of, I thought, because I just got to the forgive part, because I always thought that was hard. I almost think the bear part maybe is, is just as hard in some ways. Okay, so, so let's think about what that verse actually is telling us. It's telling us we need to bear, forbear, forbearance is the word here, okay? We need to forbear with each other. We need to forgive each other. So two things being talked about there, okay? And, and why? Because we're supposed to forgive as the Lord forgave you. Okay, when we read in that Psalms uh, passage a minute ago, uh, David was really happy that God had forgiven him. Well, you know, one of the things that God, God has forgiven us, remember, like the king, a great debt. So who should we not be willing to forgive? Okay, so it's, it's forbear and forgive. Why? Because we ought to be willing to forgive just like God forgave us. Okay, now, let me just give you a little example of forbearance. Because this is gets this gets gets a little this is gonna get a little close to home, kind of maybe for some people, okay? I mean, here we go. This is like maybe you got a family member that's always running a little bit late for everything. Can't ever quite be ready on time. All right, now, does that actually uh, rise to the level of a mortal sin? You know, thou shalt not be late is not one of the Ten Commandments. Okay? You just may have to forbear someone who's always a little late. You may just have to forbear a friend or someone you know who talks too much. Or somebody who wears too much perfume or cologne. Uh, 
or, or, or ladies, some guy who leaves their towels on the floor. You know, look, I mean, there are just, there are just some things that um, we need to learn to just practice forbearance. I'll guarantee you this, you're going to need to learn and practice forbearance with your friends if you want to have any friends. If you want to have any friends, you can be as rigid as a two-by-four and not have a friend in the world. Okay? But if you want to have some friends, you need to learn forbearance. Because some of your friends have got political views that are different than yours. Some of your friends, you know, have no opinion on anything, and some of them have a, a very strong opinion on everything. Okay? But you know what? None of that's a crime. None of that's a sin, is it? It's just, it's just, that, it's just that relationship. So let me, let me give you my definition of why forbearance is important. Okay? Here's how you think of forbearance. It's just the oil in the machine of relationships. It's just the oil in the machine of relationships. It keeps the relationship from constantly getting jammed up. Keeps it moving. Keeps it working. I just want to recommend to you that even if you've never really thought about it, we all need to become experts in practicing forbearance. All right, so now let's talk about the forgiveness part. <laughs> okay, Micah 7 verse 18 says, who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgressions of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. God forgives because he delights in showing mercy. He forgives because he delights in showing mercy. So should we. So should we. We should delight in showing mercy. Not because they earned it. And certainly not because they deserve it. Remember the guy owed the king millions of dollars. He didn't, the king didn't deserve or owe, you know, didn't owe him anything. And the guy didn't deserve what he got. As we said earlier, forgiveness is release. It's release for the one we forgive. Okay? But it gets even better. It gets even better. Because when forgiveness is genuine, it also brings release for us as well. Even if it takes some time. Because release is the first step in our own healing. In our own healing. One author has said that if you don't know how to forgive, you don't know how to live. If you don't know how to forgive, you don't know how to live. We talked about the effect of this. This was really interesting. I, I, I didn't develop the message because of this, but I was working on this message, and I picked up a magazine. I get, it's, a, it's a national monthly magazine. I won't give a promote anyone, okay? But it's a monthly national magazine. And this is the current issue. So I literally was reading, took a break and I was reading through this magazine and there is an article in it in their health area of the magazine, the healthy, the healthy they always have a health portion. And, and the title of this article was the uh, 12 worst ways you can hurt your heart. 
of the 12 worst things you can do for your heart's health. Okay, out of 12. Let me read number seven. Okay? Okay, and, and so what the whole, this article started out that these are the 12 worst actions that increase chance of cardiovascular disease. Okay? Number seven, remain angry about that raw deal you got. I'm going to read you a couple of sentences here. A study of almost 13,000 middle-aged people showed that those with high levels of chronic anger were twice as likely to develop cardiovascular disease and almost three times as likely to suffer a heart attack as their less resentful peers. Chronic anger is probably the most toxic of distressing emotions when related to heart disease. It says, when you carry resentment towards someone, you can get stuck in a chronic anger loop in which the stress builds up and too often leads to a heart attack. It ends by saying, save yourself the aggravation. Try letting go of your resentment by forgiving the offender. One study connected forgiveness with reduced blood pressure and cardiovascular stress recovery. So do it for your health. Do it for your health. Look, we need to practice forgiveness. And like Jesus taught, don't keep count of how many times. Because here's the deal. No matter how many times you forgive someone, and some of us may need to forgive the same person a number of times. Okay? No matter how many times you, you forgive somebody else, you know what? It still doesn't come close to how many times and how big a deal God's forgiveness is of you. Jeremiah 31, 34 says, I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. That's God talking. I will, I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. Aren't you thankful that once you've confessed your sins to God and you've received his forgiveness, that he doesn't keep bringing them up? Aren't you thankful that he doesn't keep bringing them up. He actually allows you to move forward. You and I should learn to do that too. You and I need to learn that. We need to become good at that because we're not very good at that. Okay? That's an area that all of us need to get good at for the people we forgive and especially when it comes to family members. Don't keep bringing it up. Because if you do, then it's neither forgiveness or forbearance. Any way you slice it, it's bitterness. Because you keep bringing it up. Won't let go of it. You're never more like Jesus than when you truly forgive somebody. And it's hard work. It's hard work. Look, we're called to always be ready and willing to forgive to offer forgiveness. So, how can you and I experience this real forgiveness in our lives? What can we do? Well, the first thing is, 
We need to accept God's forgiveness. Right? We need to accept it. Remember in our scripture today, you and I are debtor number one. Okay, we're debtor number one. We owed this debt of sin that was way beyond our ability to repay, but Jesus paid it for us. Jesus paid it for us. And we can receive release no matter what we've done. I, let that sink in. No matter what we've done. No matter how bad it was. You can receive forgiveness and release. You can come to God in confession and repentance and receive his forgiveness and be released. You don't have to carry that. And you get all the health benefits as well. The second thing we need to do, besides accepting God's forgiveness, is we need to forgive ourselves. We need to forgive ourselves. Sometimes, have you ever experienced, I almost think it's, can think it's easier, well, I've, I've told people here, sometimes I almost think it's easier for me to believe that God will answer your prayer than he will mine. You know, it's easier to have faith for you than for myself. Okay, well, sometimes I think it's easier for us to say, well, God, I, I'm sure I understand why God can forgive this guy or this gal, but because you don't know me. You know, see, the problem is we all know ourselves. Okay, we all know that all the details of what we've done. We don't know all their details. So it's a lot easier to go, oh, yeah, I can say, I'm sure God would forgive them. Look, we've got to understand that, that uh, once God has forgiven us, in order to move forward, we also got to forgive ourselves. If we don't, then what we're really just saying is that God didn't get it right. Right? That he, that he, he, he messed up. Look, what, here's maybe the best news all day. When God has forgiven you, you are forgiven. I mean, it's not, it's not when God forgives you uh, as long as you stay out of trouble or as long as you behave yourself or as long as you come to church every other Sunday or, you, you know, I mean, there aren't any of these, there's no, when you're forgiven, you're forgiven. And so we need to forgive ourselves. We need to let go of it. God's let go of it. We need to, we need to learn that we're forgiven and actually believe it. Actually believe it. And then finally, if we want to really experience real forgiveness in our lives, we've got to forgive others. We've got to forgive others. The others, okay, that we need to forgive when we read today's scripture, that's debtor number two. Right? That's debtor number two. Uh, they, they owe us something. I mean, you know, they, they did something, right? There's, a, there's, a, there's an obligation. There's a debt there. There's a problem. But... Look, no matter what you need to forgive them for, just like in today's passage in his parable, whatever you need to forgive them for, it's way less than what God has already forgiven you for. Here's the really radical part of that, though. Even if that other person never asks for forgiveness, forgive them anyway. That's crazy, isn't it? I mean, the world will think you're nuts. Forgive them anyway. Release them to God. Because in the end, forgiving them brings healing to you. Brings healing to you. So, today, as we prepare to close, 
if you feel if you're able, just stand with me. Let's just let's just come before the Lord and say, take a moment. And here's the question for just between you and God. Who do you need to forgive? Is there someone in your life right now that you need to forgive? And right now, I just I want you just to release that person. Just tell God that you want to forgive, forgive them and you want to release them from their debt, their obligation to you. Thank you, Lord, today we just want to release those people to you that have, that have harmed us, that have hurt us. Lord, we understand that our emotions may not be there yet, but we want to make a tough choice, a gutsy, hard, tough choice to release them, forgive them anyway. Like Peter and Andrew, we're not forgetting about it. I mean, we, we, we didn't, they didn't forget their net. They chose to leave them behind. God, it's not like we forgot about what happened. We're just choosing to leave it behind. And we want to move forward with you and allow the healing process to begin. And then finally, I just want you to ask yourselves, do you need to ask someone for forgiveness? Is there someone that you need to apologize to that needs to hear you tell them that you recognize what you did or said was wrong? and apologize and ask for their forgiveness. Lord, today if there's people that we've, we've harmed and we need to ask for forgiveness, Lord, please bring it to mind. And God, I just pray that you would give us the courage, the strength, the willingness, God, to move forward and to offer that apology, that heartfelt, flat out, no holes barred apology. Father, I just want to thank you now for the healing that you're going to bring in people's lives today as we, as we learn, Father, to forgive and to allow you to heal. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.